0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of What Does the Bible Say About That? In this episode, we're going to talk about what the Bible says about the Spirit. Uh, Spirit's a uh, loaded topic in the Bible, so we're actually splitting this episode up. We're going to mainly be talking about what the Bible says in the Old Testament about the Spirit, how He functions with man, what's His role, who is He. Um, We're going to be looking a lot at Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 6. Uh, we're also going to take a quick look through judges and, uh, first Samuel and really get into his role. So hope you guys enjoy. Hey, Will. Hey Reese. How's it going? Oh, it's good. It's good. Just another day, another day in lockdown. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. More lockdown, more podcasts. That's right. That's exactly right. So, uh, what are we talking about? this this episode, Will. So, yeah, this
1: is... Um, I think we've we've kind of like said we were going to do this podcast a couple times, and it uh, didn't quite come out yet, so now we're starting to talk about yeah. the Spirit. This is part one. And, of the Spirit. Right. Of the Spirit. And I, and I think for the most part, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is mainly going to
0: be addressing the Spirit that's seen in the Old Testament. Right. Yeah, I don't think that anyone could ever cover the topic of the spirit in like one little session. Cause obviously there's a lot that goes on with the spirit in the Bible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to, to get into it. I, I'm curious, like maybe just with you will like, what, what did you think of with the spirit in the past or what, what has been your thought of like the spirit's role In the Bible, like looking back, what what did you used to believe or what was kind of what were you taught growing up, I guess? Sure. I think just like a first concept
1: was that the spirit was inferior to God Hmm. and like a uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, like spirit in itself is just a weird word, like you can't see it. It's not tangible. It's like almost almost ghost like. You know, I think even uh-huh. it, the, the the King James would say Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. And so yeah. I think for me, those were like two concepts that they're not that hard to break, I guess, when you get into the Bible, but it's still just <laughs> it's still just hard to grasp. Like, I would rather I wish my mom, like, it's easier to think of God as the, the man with a big beard sitting on the throne.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: and And then when you get to the spirit, it's like. I have no idea.
0: I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I would like similar. I think it was like another big like, controversy or something that I kind of got into with some others. I remember was like, do you pray to the spirit? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Do you address him? Um, yeah. Cause I, same thing. It's like, for sure we pray in the name of the Lord, you know, I'm definitely praying to my father, but I don't know about this third thing. And yeah, also, yeah, like there's other people who like talked about the spirit in weird ways. Like the there were people I knew who just, they, it was like, Holy Ghost come upon me. And, and you know, it, like that was all they cared about. All they cared about was the spirit. And so I was just right. like trying to avoid that because they were weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean,
1: yeah, I think growing up Baptist, it's like, I, I, the, the, the manifestations and the power of the Holy spirit is just kind of like, not something that's addressed that much. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the, the, the spirit was definitely, I don't know, not, not even something I got into. I just knew it
0: was important and it was part of God, you know, but totally. Yeah. I think, um, maybe like to start in like getting into what the Bible says about the spirit, um, we should at least like just give people at least one spot where it's clear that the spirit is God. Yeah. And he is, um, you know, part of this Trinity, not part of, I mean, you know, part, that's not a really technical term, but you know, he's it, the Trinity is father, son and Holy spirit. And so he is just as much of that Trinity as the other yeah. two are. Um, so there's a verse actually in Acts. This is always my go-to showing people this acts five Mm -hmm. this is the story of um i think it's ananias and Sapphira, his wife and uh you know this story where they uh said they gave their all to the apostles and they were lying and they dropped dead um it's a really crazy story that i'm confused about but um (laughs) verse three it says uh peter says to them why has Satan filled your heart to deceive the Holy Spirit? And so they've deceived the Holy Spirit in their lying. But then in verse four, it says you have not lied to men, but to God. So did they lie to the Holy Spirit or did they lie to God? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay,
1: yeah, I think that's a good one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's another one in Acts thirteen um, that people can go to on their own, but I think that's good enough. And most people already know this. I'm, I'm sure most people listening are Christians already, so we don't have to like prove yeah. this. But it's very clear in the Word that like the Spirit is God Himself. Right. Um, but I think like you know it's it's important for us to not just see that He's God Himself, but actually like the way that God interacts with his people in the Bible is through the spirit or as the spirit you can say. Yeah. Like you don't see God as like the Father um coming to people. Like in fact God in himself is is unapproachable. He's he dwells in an unapproachable light, first mm-hmm. Timothy six. Um but but because he is spirit and because he's thus spirit um he actually has a way to reach man and to interact with man. And anytime you see God interacting with man, um, besides the 33 and a half years that Jesus was on the earth, it is as the spirit. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, even in, I mean, every, we should see this at the very beginning, like even in creation, like how is God bringing forth creation in the very beginning? It's by the spirit hovering or brooding over the chaotic waters. Yeah. And it's because he broods there that then land can come forth and that all the life can spring forth. Um, so the spirit's like key, even in, in the creation, it's like, that is how God brings this order out of chaos. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah I guess just for me, like Genesis one, two has always been really strange to imagine. Hmm. on like what's going on there yeah um so i don't don't know about you but like for me it was helpful to know that one genesis is a very it's kind of written in like a poetic way Uh uh-huh in the in the sense of like it's not there to explain all the science and the i mean yeah it's not it's not there to to give us like this super practical picture of how god Mm. created the earth right um but it is—it is just, I guess, stating how the earth came into being and who God is. But, mm-hmm. but I guess for me, like the he—the Hebrew word, and I don't know it that well. But when it says spirit, it it almost is implying like wind,
0: right? Right. Yeah, I think it can be translated as wind or breath or spirit. Yeah. Okay. The the Hebrew word is ruach. Okay. So yeah. So it's like um. So in Genesis one, two, it's like, it's fl- flying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, the, the word there for brood, like it, it's literally to hover or to flutter over. Hmm. Um, it, it, and it, and it, the implication is it's like a, it's like a hen or a, 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 um, a chicken, you know, brooding over its eggs. Okay. Um, and yeah i mean like the the symbolism right is i mean when you look over at john 132 the spirit descends upon jesus as a dove and so this kind of imagery of the spirit of the spirit being like a bird the the hovering one the one that flies that yeah that comes upon man like that um that you see that throughout the bible actually yeah okay but yeah, I mean, you you're, you translate the word ruach based on um, based on like the context in which things are happening. Like I know another. There's a really cool example, actually. Um, I think it's in Ezekiel thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where the story of the dry bones, um, and, and actually, all three are used in this section. Like there you've got. Um, Sorry, I'm just flipping here. All, yeah, so, all three of what? So it's translated, the word Ruach oh, is translated all three ways there. Oh, so okay. in, in verse one, um, he brought me out in the spirit of Jehovah. So that's Ruach. And it's clearly the spirit of Jehovah. Right. It's like his spirit. Um, but then later on, there's, um, he says, prophesy to them, Uh In verse 5, I will cause breath to enter into you and to live. So this, because it's like, it's entering into their mouth, like this thing, this ruach, I'll cause breath, ruach to enter into them. It's clearly breath because it's something they're going to breathe in. But then in verse 9, it's, he says, prophesy to the ruach, prophesy, son of man, say to the ruach, and then come from the four ruachs, O breath. Like he's prophesying to the wind at this yeah. point to come forth and give them breath, wow. And so, um, it can go all three ways. And it's actually the same in the new Testament. There's a, there's a lot of examples where, I mean, spirit in, in the Greek, um, is, is pneuma, but it could translated the same way too. In John three, you have the spirit, uh, in verse six. And then in verse eight, you have the same thing. It's like the people who are begotten of the Lord, they're like the wind. It's the same word pneuma. Um, okay. And then later on in revelation, I think it talks about the prophets. Uh, sorry, I'm going on. No, this is about breath in Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: okay. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, that's a good example. So, okay. So, so basically Mm -hmm. the point is like the imagery of spirit and how it's translated. It really depends on the context, but it also is just this air, breath, wind.
0: Right. Thing. Yeah. But that's the point. It's like when it's referring to the spirit himself, it's, it's not just a power that comes upon people. It like, there are times when power comes upon people or people do this. And those might be things that the spirit imparts, but whenever the spirit is mentioned in the Bible, it is actually God himself, his personal presence with man. Okay. Um, and and it's distinct from angels. It's very distinct from angels. Like an angel is just a messenger from the Lord, someone who, you know, he has many spirits that he could send. But when you have the spirit of Jehovah himself doing something, that's actually God doing it. Right. Um, and so, I mean it's interesting in the the old Testament, like what he's doing. Um, yeah, I mean, what he does in the old Testament is, is very interesting and it's not, it's, it's very different from the new. I feel like everybody would agree with that. Like you just don't see the spirit having the same prominence in the old as he does in the new. Um, I think one example though, or one interesting place to look at, like what he's doing in verse 3 of um, chapter 6 in Genesis, mm-hmm. this is the story um, right before the flood, actually. And there it says, Jehovah said, My spirit will not strive with man forever, for he indeed is flesh. So his days will be 120 years. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Will, actually I learned recently... I for the longest time i read that verse and i thought that meant man's days are limited to 120 years like no one can live longer than uh-huh. that
1: yeah that's what i thought
0: but actually in 120 years from when that was spoken the flood came oh like like the 120 years there that's like a countdown clock that just got issued oh that's, that's so yeah I, I didn't i didn't realize that is that helpful? Because yeah. <laughs> like, because you see people later on living longer than 120, like Abraham, and I'm like, I'm like, you're contradicting yourself, Bible. But no, it's he's not saying man's age limit is that. It's saying I'm about to destroy the earth in 120 years. Okay. Yeah, but, okay, but sorry, that's a side. No, that's an aside. It's a but, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but the point is, it's like my spirit is currently striving with man. So, what is that? Yeah, I
1: don't. I I mean, is that implying like trying to bring man up from his like degraded state or protect man Mm. or, or, cause I mean, like, isn't it just a, isn't it just a few verses before that where like fallen angels are breeding
0: Mm. with women? Right, right. Yeah. I, it's really interesting, like, and you bringing that up, it's making me think of like, you know, in Genesis three through three through four, like at the end there, um, like man is kicked out of the yeah. garden, and and we tend to think that means God and man have no more relationship together, right. um, but like you mentioned, like the Spirit actually is still striving with man, and you don't see God giving up on man, um, he's speaking to Cain, like. Don't let sin have dominion over you, like he is striving like trying to get man to right get to an uplifted state okay um, but so yeah yeah, so
1: striving I, I just wanted to look it up real quick, so this is what I'm getting is it's to make a great effort to achieve or attain obtain something or just to, to struggle right. or fight vigorously so okay, so that makes sense so the 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 struggling there or the yeah striving is to is to i guess prevent man from falling anymore
0: Mm-mm. and
1: on the other side to bring man up. i mean because yeah you're right you do have enoch right who's walking with god mm-hmm. and so so i guess to me this is just pointing out man's free will to some yeah. degree that like god's spirit <laughs> it's striving to try yeah. to help man you know come back to god and make this choice you know to for sure yeah follow i guess
0: yeah i think it, it's this is actually really um it should be a touching point to us in that like we want the lord to strive with us to fight with mm, us yeah. um to wrestle with us um because the moment he stops like like if you're having a struggle with the lord Like you're, you feel like he's telling you something or he's like, you're, you feel convicted about a sin, like conviction about a sin is the Lord's striving.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: There's, there's a verse in in Romans one, and it's actually interesting. You brought up the angels coming to the sin and, and, you know, have sex with, with human women, um, it's like that's a that's a wrong relationship. Like that's not proper. Yeah. Right. That's two kinds that should not be together. And the same way in Romans one, when man is taking, you know, their lusts for you know the the same gender and they act on that, that's the moment when God gave them up. He in verse twenty six of Romans one, it's like therefore God gave them up to passions of dishonor. Wow. So so it's not that God is, um, is, is, you know, judging in a sense of like striking down. He's actually stopped ceasing from striving. And he's like, if that's what you want, go for it. I'm done with you. Because um, God can only go so far in his striving for right. us. So I guess my point is, though, it's like it is a blessing to be in that struggle with the Lord. And the real fear is that we don't have a struggle and we're just doing what we want. Yeah, yeah.
1: Is this like a, a similar principle?
0: Is this a similar principle to Jacob wrestling with God? Yeah, I think so. I I mean, I think I, that's what I was thinking when I said wrestling. It's like clear, clearly Jacob's not following God perfectly, but he's at least wrestling with him. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I think another point though, like the spirit's not just this generic thing which god uses to um you know wrestle or i mean you know to strive with man to keep them from sin he actually is i mean what most people know the spirit is doing especially in the old testament is coming upon people right um i think maybe we could look at like uh so in judges um 634 sorry flip into it now this is where um where the Lord, he he comes upon Mm -hmm. Gideon. It says the spirit of Jehovah clothed Gideon and he blew the trumpet and the abyssalites were called up behind him and then he he goes to um, save Israel. Um, The the spirit also has this function of not just striving with mankind in a general way, but he also comes upon specific individuals um, for a particular purpose like he, he comes upon people to give them uh, right. power like what we see with Gideon or what we see with Samson um, he comes upon people to give them wisdom um, you see that with the building of the tabernacle the spirit of God would would come upon people or fill people to give them wisdom to know how to build yeah. properly um, Exodus 313 says that and but then also um, for designating them for a purpose like first uh, Samuel in 16. 13 you have him coming upon david to anoint him as a king um so the spirit it, it, he's also there to designate particular people for a purpose or to give them what they need to, to fulfill right. something yeah. you know okay i have um, i have
1: um a question about this when, when the okay when okay. the spirit and maybe this doesn't have to do with our topic here but it's an interesting question to me in first samuel 16 Okay mm-hmm. so the spirit also does anoint Saul as king. Right. But I mean I guess in the same way of Genesis 6 his the Lord's spirit is removed from Saul. Actually I think Genesis 16:14 mm-hmm. says that. I mean sorry, 1st Samuel 16:14. And so when God's spirit is removed it says there was an evil spirit from God that basically tormented Saul periodically.
0: Mm.
1: so so i guess i mean when i when i first looked at that i thought why could how could how could god who is you know good and loving and all this be an evil spirit but then i realized it's okay it's not actually god himself as the evil spirit but he sent an evil spirit so Mm -hmm. do you think that implies like um yeah I, i don't know what that implies actually
0: yeah, I mean, I, I think just like back to the what we talked about earlier with the spirit of Jehovah being God uh-huh. himself, like the Lord does have a large, like a plethora of spirits, uh, of, of, you know, people and angels um, in the spiritual realm that are, you know, up for his disposal. Like when it talks about God of hosts, that that's not just a a neat term. Like that means like there are literally hosts. There are, there is a, um, there, there's an army uh, there before Jehovah that are used to execute his will. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know the exact verse. It's somewhere in the Psalms, but it talks about how the angels are used to execute God's will. Okay. Um, I'll find that somewhere. What's, you know, probably by the hopefully by the end of this podcast, but it's like, so when, when he wants to, you know, discipline a rebellious King, like Saul here, he'll send an evil spirit to, to do that. I mean, he has people that, uh, that can, can perform that kind of an act, but it's not, like I said, it's not him himself. It's not the spirit of Jehovah. Spirit of Jehovah comes upon people um, as his like representative, like this human being, has my presence he's my representative on the earth basically okay then how do
1: we this is another question that i have so i I know in in the greek right that elohim Mm -hmm. means god or there's also the plural version which i don't know what that is but there's there's gods like in a sense it's like satan is this god i mean he's not an uppercase g god because there's only one of those but right? So right. all the angels are considered gods. Does does that mean like, ha, how, obviously Ruach, right? Did I say, that's right. Okay. Obviously yeah. Ruach mm-hmm. and Elohim are different words, but do they imply like a similar thing? Like is Ruach the presence of a Elohim? Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an interesting point. Elohim is a, is a packed word and can mean a lot of things from just like mighty ones like a mighty person to to god himself um so it could go either way but the yeah like the ruach i mean i don't know how i don't think they're i mean ruach implies because it is breath it's like out from him um it, it it implies that it is something of god um but to say god's breath and then the spirit of god those are those are different things depending on the context, like God gives breath to all of his creatures. Um, But that doesn't mean he gives like his spirit himself to all of his creatures. Um, By the way, the verse was Psalm 103 um, verse 20 and 21. But yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, I mean, he gives breath to all his creatures but he doesn't actually give man the spirit unless it's like for this particular purpose, at least in the right. old Testament. Um, well that, but yeah, I mean, well like, that, yeah, I mean that's just
1: interesting to think about. Like, okay. I, I guess Genesis, because you do have Genesis two, seven, which is where God's mm-hmm. breath is breathed into man and he becomes a living being a living soul. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I get it is, it right. is important <laughs> that we, because, okay, because if, if God's breath automatically meant his spirit, that would uh-huh. mean that man from the beginning possessed God's spirit, which brings us into it. Right.
0: That, that just is, that means. Did he lose right. his salvation? Yeah, how do you or justify lab? that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's an one because actually there's, a, there's another Hebrew word that implies breath, and that's neshuma. And neshuma is the word that's used in Genesis 2-7 not ruach. Ah. and it, so and then when it talks about neshuma in later places in the hebrew uh text like in proverbs twenty twenty it is uh it's described as the neshuma of man there's a spirit in man that he possesses in himself that he received in genesis 2 7 um god did give us a spirit uh, but it's not his capital s spirit um right because for one that would imply that adam lost his salvation there um but number two it's just like okay actually there's a really cool verse um that i think we should look at that really helps prove this it's in job um i hope i can find it i'm pretty sure it's job 30 maybe um
1: if is it um job 27 3 Job twenty I what does that one say? It says the breath of oh well it says as this is Job twenty It says, As long as I have life within me, the breath of
0: God is in my nostrils. Mm. That's the NIV. Yeah, no, that's that's that it has the same implication. The one I was thinking of was Job thirty two, eight, where it says, But there is a spirit mm, in okay. them, and the breath of the Almighty gives them understanding. And so the spirit in man and the breath of the Almighty are in, uh, they're in apposition to one another. It means it's like they're they're used as like the same word. Um, And so when God breathed into man there, he wasn't breathing his personal presence and essence into man. Um, But he, which is what happens actually when we'll jump to the New Testament in John 20, when Jesus breathes into them. That's a different kind of breathing. Uh That's a, that's a greater okay. breathing. But but in Genesis 2, he's giving him just the spe- man's lowercase s spirit, which enlivens him and causes him to know the things of man, which is what Paul mentions in First okay, Corinthians yeah. 2. It's like the spirit in that man. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So,
1: so I, yeah, just to clarify, it's like, so with that in mind, Adam was created with a spirit, which I've actually heard Timothy Keller characterize it as like, Man's spirit is like the deepest intrinsic part of man that is like life. It's like when someone dies, most of the time, I guess we would say their soul leaves. But in a way, it's like Mm -hmm. their breath stops like the I don't I I mean, breath is such a weird thing anyways, because you can't see it. But their Mm -hmm. breath and their life, like the yeah, their spirit, in a sense, just is gone. The life in them is gone. Right. And so cuz cause, cause like there is all all these things in in the psalms and other things that talk about like David having like a broken spirit it's almost like his will like the deepest part of him that wants to live is like in a sense it's like broken it's like he's I'm sure right you know people have experienced that to different degrees but yeah okay yeah. so 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 there's neshumah which is not the spirit of god it's just breath and then Right
0: Right. And it's particularly refers to the spirit of man when it's used. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I think what you're saying is true. It's like, there is a deep part. There's a deep, uh, it's even called like the inner man or the inner being of the person that's in their soul. um, But it's deeper. It's like, this is what makes man, man. This is the, the, the imagio Deo, as they say, like in my, it's like, this is what gave man, God's very image this is what makes man distinct from his other creatures um it, it's that deep spirit in man and I think it's first Corinthians two eleven. it's who among men knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him so there's like it's like that deep core that makes man man um but yeah there's there is like a, we're saying like there's something missing still in terms of like man, still doesn't have God's spirit, he still doesn't have God himself. And that's the that's actually a huge point. It's like in the Old Testament, the spirit comes upon people, but he doesn't actually stay with people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like with Samson, we all know the story of Samson. He had the spirit of God and was very powerful, but there was no um, transformation in Samson, he was a failure. And, and like, we know the story, he, he totally failed in his lust. And so it's like the spirit can work with man, but he can't join himself to man in a, like in a union, in a life union because of the problem of sin and um, a variety of other things. It's like, there's still a, like God can't have anything to do with man in that intimate of a sense until the new Testament yeah. comes.
1: Yeah. Um, and yeah. I mean, that's perfect segue of, I mean, I don't know if we're necessarily done with this one yet, but yeah, I mean, as think next week, getting into <laughs> yeah. that aspect of man's spirit is going to be a huge deal.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good place to stop. Like the spirit of God, just to clarify, the spirit of God is God himself. He comes upon men. He strives with men, but he doesn't unite himself with man. Man is still lacking the spirit of God, and we need a whole nother covenant her testament to get that spirit so yeah, maybe we'll talk about that next time uh, or our next yeah episode. okay very good well well i enjoyed this until next time <laughs> exactly
2: hey everyone thanks for tuning in again to what does the bible say about that we hope you enjoyed this week's episode and got something out of it and learned something new about the Spirit, maybe even answered some questions you have about who the Spirit is in the Old Testament and how He interacts with man and represents God. If you did indeed enjoy this week's episode, we would love for you to follow us or reach out to us on Instagram. Our username is the Bible Podcast, And we'd love to hear any type of feedback from you guys on how we can make it better or maybe some new topics we could get into. You can also reach out to us via email. Our email address is thebiblepodcast at gmail.com. So we'd love to hear from you guys. Can't wait for next week's episode about the Spirit Part 2, which is going to be addressing the Spirit in the New Testament and who the Spirit is, a.k.a. the Spirit of Jesus, and how the Spirit got into us. So can't wait to, to release that and hope you guys can tune in. Can't wait to hear from y'all.